Welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. My name's Dominic Tyre, and I'm Pharma Forum's creative and editorial director. In episode 27, I'm joined by Erin McEachran, who's EU Regional Vice President at J&J Surgical Vision. Now, this episode is being published in December 2020, and like pretty much every episode I've recorded since about March this year, the coronavirus pandemic features. So Erin talks about her priorities at J&J, having joined the company six months ago, but also how the company has fared during the COVID-19 pandemic, or certainly the acute phase of the pandemic, I should say. The current state of the medical devices sector and some of the trends she's keeping a close eye on also feature in this episode. And Erin tells me about her time on the Canadian national skiing team and how competing at an elite level informed her subsequent business career. You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The Pharmaforum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher and Podbean, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharmaforum. Erin, welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. I'd like to start off by finding out what was your entry point to the medical devices industry? Thanks, Dominic. So when I graduated university, um, I was trying to decide if I was going to go into medical school or, or get a job, and I realized that I needed to pay some bills. So I started with a company called Stryker Orthopedics um, when I was young. And um, it was it was really my dream job. I got to be in the OR and learn from different surgeons and nurses, and it was a great organization. I worked there for 12 years. Um, I will say, though, I was introduced, because I love sport, um, at a young age to medical devices. When I was nine, I, had a, I actually had a disease in my hip, and so I had um, some pins put in and a long surgery, and... I really recovered well out of that surgery, and I wrote my orthopedic surgeon a note to say thank you for, for his help, and I realized kind of at a young age that how much I appreciated, um, you know, what these surgeons do and, and how, how passionate they are to make their patients' lives better. And uh, from, from there, I suppose, uh, bringing up, up to date, uh, now, of course, with J&J Surgical Vision, what brought you to that company? Yeah, I'm really proud to join J&J, and I always knew it was a great organization with a really powerful credo, um, and I, I really appreciate how diverse the organization is, and I think that's part of the reason we're, we're doing okay with COVID right now. Um, if I'm honest, the other reason I joined is I really wanted to learn from great leadership um, and continue my career, and I think there's really experienced and, and exceptional leadership here. Um, and I, I'm really passionate as well to tap into diversity um, and talent and, and have a positive impact there. I think sometimes the medical device sector can be, can be a little bit um, male-oriented, and so I'm really excited to be part of a big organization and hope, hope to have an impact there. And I'm, I'm sure you do. It's um, important for people just to be able to see the kind of change that they might want to themselves be able to t- be, a, be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, you mentioned your, your love for sport, but of course it went a little bit further than that. I mean, in, indeed, you, you really excelled at, at sport. Can you tell us a bit about your, your time skiing? Yeah, so I did ski for the, the Canadian national team and spent a lot of time outside when I was little. 
um, it was a really great sport to be in. And I, I just want to be uh, transparent. I, I certainly wasn't the best on the team and was just an honor to be on the team. I will say, though, it, it taught me so much. Um, we had a group of girls and we would travel around Europe. And um, it was really fun to get to a travel, but it also really helped with, with discipline and resilience. Um, you know, many of my teammates have had three ACL surgeries, uh, multiple broken bones. And I think uh, there's a resilience that you learn um, with sport, in any sport. And so I'm really glad that I had that opportunity when I was young to compete on a national stage and a, a World Cup stage to um, really learn and develop myself. And I think mental toughness, it comes along with sports. And, and that's something that I really value. And I think I've tried to bring into my to my business career. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've been with J&J since June this, this year. Um, can you tell me a bit about what you've been prioritizing since joining the company? Yeah, so I joined uh, the organization in June and it's been uh, a wonderful change for me. And at the same time, I haven't been able to meet a lot of my colleagues and a lot of my teams or the people in our organization due to COVID. Um, so that's been actually um, an interesting time to onboard. We're also going through this this pandemic. So my role has really been to lead the team through these changes um, across ophthalmology and healthcare, and then to deliver exceptional results. I think one of the things I've learned since in the past six months is is really to understand and listen to our customers because they're going through the HCPs that are on the front lines are going through so much pressure and stress and entering our second lockdown or third lockdown, depending on where you live across EMEA. Um, just understanding how we can help our customers and support them better and supporting our people during this time has been has been a big priority. So I think there's there's one other thing that's really come out of this time as well is trying to deepen transparent relationships to become more efficient. I think I think in the medical device world, we always thought our sales force would be on the road every day and, and in surgeries. And, and now that we haven't been able to do that as much, we're looking creatively of what the future can hold and how we can be effective. And I'm also really, really proud. We've been doing some work with value-based healthcare. In, in ophthalmology, there's a huge unmet need of patients that need support in cataract surgery. And, you know, helping them get access to treatment is, is really important. And to, to providing value to our government healthcare systems is also important because they don't always have, you know, the amount of GDP that healthcare is costing is significant. So trying to provide good solutions. Um, and we've been working on some pilots across Europe, which is great. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're talking at a time when um, much of Europe is entering a, a second wave of, of uh, national lockdowns. Could you tell me a bit about how, how you and, and the company have fared during the COVID-19 pandemic so far? Yes. So I think actually I'm really proud. I think our team is doing really, really well. You know, a lot of our, I just had a call this morning with our technical service team who fixes the lasers and the, the cataract equipment. And so they've still been going out to help um, our, our surgeons and our hospitals to make sure that if equipment goes down, it keeps going. And so I'm really proud of them. And I'm really proud of the, the teams. They've kept a great positive outlook. We've been working really hard on professional education and I'm a big proponent of education. I think it's really important doing lots of virtual webinars um, for younger surgeons and new products that we're launching. And um, it's been really great just to see the the interaction, especially across the MIA with, with with different demographics and different areas. It's been really exciting. 
Um, and we've had really good uptake. So there's been a lot of surgeons that have joined those sessions. And uh, certainly where there's so much change at, at, at the moment, I mean, um, throughout 2020 across so many different aspects of, of, of our lives. But as we look at um, maybe how, how J&J and your, you and your colleagues have uh, adapted to uh, COVID conditions. Are there elements there that you think will be of use for, for the future when, when we return to some sense of normality? I'd, I'd be interested to, to, to hear like, how far back do you think the, the pendulum is going to swing to uh, business as usual pre-COVID or are there uh, aspects of um, how we've all adapted to the pandemic conditions that are here to stay, do you think? Yeah, it's a great question, and I I'm not sure I know the answer exactly because because I think the future it'll it'll be interesting to see what the future holds. Mm. I think though there've been some great efficiencies and and things that we've learned. Um, there's a lot of discussion around how we do things more effectively, profit without traveling. Um, I think that will be good in our future. I think everyone has time constraints. And I think we're getting more creative and looking at things like uh, virtual reality and and digital impact, how we can really um, prioritize those those elements for our customers. And I think the, the one thing that, that I've really enjoyed and the priorities coming out of this is just to really have an open and transparent relationship with our customers and try and learn from them as they're going through these challenges so that we can better adapt models for the future. So we're experimenting with some things and I, I think they will stick. Um, and I, I'm hoping it'll be a hybrid. I'm hoping, my hope is, is that we still get to be in the field, but that we, we learn to be more effective and efficient. I'm hoping we can do both those things. Mm. I, it, it's uh, certainly a reminder at the moment when we can't meet people face to face, we can't have those kind of uh, interactions that uh, whilst maybe some of the traveling that, that we might all do is can, can be um, uh, avoided, there, there's a real value in just being able to have face-to-face conversations and, and, and interactions that, that unfortunately we're, we're all missing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I I totally agree. I can't wait to see some people soon. <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So you were talking a bit about your your um, early time uh, in, in your current role at J&J. Looking back at um, it certainly sounds there's a lot, lot like there's a lot of lessons that um, have, have been learned to, or have been putting into practice indeed uh, over the last six months, and that, that's around about that sort of magical 100 days um, in, yeah. in, in, in a new role yeah. that we'll, we'll often often talk about. Um, but if we look look beyond the first 100 days or or, or six months, so what are your what are your long term goals um, at J and J? Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited. I'm learning a lot, and and I'm really impressed. I think the future of of J and J and the business is innovation that they're delivering right now within ophthalmologies. And I, I believe that the PCIOL segment and cataracts, there's there's room to excel in both. And our R and D team are doing some really exciting innovation. And there's 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 really good clinical data that's emerging, and and that's really exciting because that that proves what you think is is right. It's great to see that data, and I think that that our R and D team is also looking at you know game changing innovations and and stuff that that I can't talk about or know about at this time, but I really trust them, and that that's truly exciting. Um, we did launch two products this year: the Technus Synergy Toric two. Um, with the Simplicity Delivery System, and then the Catalyst System COS 6.0 software, and that was for astigmatism management. I think there's a, a lot that we can do with astigmatism, and um, I think that's a big bright bright spot for us. Um, and I know that there's there's a good pipeline coming, so 
I think looking at uh, eye health and the continuum of care across across the whole spectrum of ages will be really important. And, and you know, making sure that our team in EMEA is, is fully behind this uh, will be really powerful. Hmm. And looking at how uh, J&J's surgical business and um, well, I suppose particularly eye, eye care and eye health has fared during the, the, the COVID pandemic, um, of course, we've seen massive diversions of, of healthcare resources to emergency use. Uh, an awful lot of different types of healthcare has unfortunately had to be um, uh, put on hold or moved in, into other settings. What does that mean for eye care, uh, both I suppose both both on a on a business level and then also on a a patient level as well. Yeah, I think um, f- from a business standpoint, you know, COVID has obviously had impact um, on on J and J and other organizations and ophthalmology as a whole. And and I think this is due to elective surgery. I think that's that's one of the things that unfortunately gets bumped um, and 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 um, especially among the elderly, which is really tough with the cataracts, right? So, so I, I worry for that. Um, at the same time, I know a lot of hospitals um, have tried to reopen a lot of lists to get to get extra patients through, which is which is fantastic. The, the one thing as well that certainly I think many of us feel the pandemic has given us kind of space and time, not on flights and maybe not traveling in our cars, to to really pause and take stock. And I mm-hmm. think without the crisis, we maybe wouldn't have done this. So I think it's been actually, there's been some really positive things that have come out of it and thinking, you know, are we being as strategic as we can? Um, How are we helping our people? Can we do more there? How can we be more effective, you know, globally with the cataract market share? And and how do we be more bolder about our strategy and helping customers through the pandemic um, and focusing on patients? So I'm actually really grateful for that. And and I think that's been good. And so... Erin, I'd like to uh, finish up this this episode of the podcast by drawing on some of your, your expertise about the uh, medical devices sector, and we'll just get get your thoughts on what what are the key trends that both you, you're um, looking out for at the moment, and that that our listeners should be should be aware of in uh, medical devices. Yeah, I think um, I think there's kind of three key areas that uh, across the device sector um, that that seem to be important right now. I think. The one which maybe isn't as innovative as you would think is is really just being from a timing perspective, being more efficient throughout hospital care. And and I think that's just as important as innovation. Um, So you can see that there's a lot of value-based care and and efficiency programs that are coming um, in many different specialities. I think the second thing that's really exciting is professional education and delivering marketing more digitally and like looking at virtual reality and and how we become more effective with technology. Um, And I think the third trend, if I had to summarize, uh, robotics is obviously really important and it's been around for a while. Um, But I think there's a need to make sure whether you have robotics or not, but for a consistent procedure and a consistent patient experience across the board in every speciality. So I think those are three of the things that that I'm excited about. And, and I'm I know Jane Jay is, is, is looking at all of those and, and progressing well. But I really think those are three things to be excited about. Thank you very much, Jeremy. And thank you very much for joining me on the Pharma Forum podcast. Thank you very much, Dominic. Really appreciate your time. And thank you for having me today. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast with Erin McEachran on J&J Surgical Vision and the medical devices sector. 
You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other instalments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The Pharmaforum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher and Podbean, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharmaforum. And don't forget to visit our website to sign up for daily or weekly email pharmaceutical news and analysis bulletins and follow us on Twitter where we are at Pharma Forum. Forum.